Do you want a clean toilet? Are you too lazy to scrub it on a regular basis? Are you concerned about your environmental impact of your cleaning regime? Well, fear not. We are launching a brand new all-in-one cleaning tab for your loo. Introducing RimShots, the organic and environmentally friendly toilet cleaner. These clever little tabs will do all the work for you, so you don't have to do anything apart from admire your shiny rims. Coming to all major retailers soon. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 33 of Beer and Bands. My name's Chris. My name's James. And we'll uh, just get our usual straight into it. And the tried and tested for this episode is, well, iconic really. We've mentioned it quite a few times in the past. Uh, yeah. It's instantly recognisable from the big blue star uh, with the Gateshead Bridge, is it? Yeah, I think it Probably is, that's it? one. Yeah, uh, so yeah. it's Newcastle Brown Ale. So uh, Newcastle Brown Ale originally was brewed in Gateshead. I believe it's now brewed in Yorkshire since the takeover from Heineken. But yeah, so yeah. it's uh, a classic iconic beer in the UK. Um, it has actually been inter- like distributed internationally as well, but I'll come on to that a little bit later. Uh, it's 4.7%. Now, uh, you've had this before as well, haven't you, James? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I, I've tried it a few times, uh, you know, in different things. We've never had this together, and you haven't had this for a very long time, if I'm correct. Yeah, uh, so. I love Newcastle Brown Hale, um, except it doesn't particularly love me. Uh, everybody's got that one drink that, you know, sends them a little bit loopy, shall we say. You know, a lot of people, it's like Stella, for me, it's Newcastle Brown. But it's okay, we're socially distanced, Yeah, you know, by different counties and stuff so you'll be fine nothing to worry about so uh it's a very clear light brown ale uh closer to more of an amber ale in my personal opinion um just going off what it used to be like before it was very much like a stronger version of a traditional like english mild that's very much like the flavour profile yeah. I remember. When I say it hasn't, I haven't drank it for such a long time, probably over 15 years, to be honest. So I'm, I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm probably about five years, to be fair. It's not it, It's not something I think I would go to as a regular, if I'm honest, as a drink. I used so, to, but then I say bad um, things happen, so you have to stop. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll let you have a quick swig while I read through the bottle. So okay. Newcastle Brown Ale is affectionately known as Dog by those in the know. I'm going to see a man about a dog. I'm taking the dog for a walk. We're often used by Geordie Med as an excuse for visiting their local to sample their beloved tipple. Uh, yeah, so quite a simple one. Water, malted barley, glucose syrup, barley, hops, hop extract, all the usual type of stuff. So what's your uh, take on it then, James? I mean, honestly, it, it's as I remember, it's a very simplistic beer, I think, which is a good thing. Um, I would say for me in terms of flavor it's your typical kind of brown ale that's the thing it's what i count as that very kind of standard and i think it's one thing i i i talked to um a few of my american mates and this is what they associate a proper english beer to be would be something like a newcastle brown ale to them like and it's always funny to see that kind of international this is what an english ale is kind of abroad uh, and they can actually get newcastle brown ale in uh, new york <laughs> That, that, um, that, that, we'll, I'll come back. I'll circle back to that. Okay. Um, okay. So, basically, for me, Newcastle Brown Ale, it, you can kind of get the multi flavors. You can get the caramelized uh, notes on it as well. Very subtle hoppiness, but nothing too overpowering. But it's quite a simple, clean, classic, crisp drink. Very old English in that type of manner. Yeah. I find it quite enjoyable um i'm not picking up as much of the fruity stuff as like the fruity tones that i used to pick up um but yeah it's no, more of a no. it is a very quintessential english style old ale not the same as an american brown ale i think american brown ales just have a little bit more punch because they like to like hop things a little bit more yeah, yeah. um but overall the, the flavor profiles are literally just it's very similar it's a cross between a brown ale and an amber for me it's with those caramelized notes yeah. that kind of make it the brown rather than the amber but yeah overall uh, simplistic honestly I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there <clears throat> i think the two words crisp definitely caramel in terms of the aftertaste i mean it's a very easy drink uh there's there's not too much there that kind of is too overpowering either 
Um, and I think for you know for me it, it it kind of hits that kind of lager element to it in terms of session refreshingness to it in yeah terms of thing yeah refreshingness in terms of that that kind of Christmas of it and I think that that always makes it quite good it's very light bodied I think it's probably the way yeah I said. yeah it's very easy yeah. drinking um, but yeah it's a it's a standard classic and you can tell why it's won so many awards like over the years because it is just a it's a staple for especially yeah. for the northeast. Um, is, is it as good as you remember it being? Outside of the fact um, it's not as fruity. Uh, a little bit stronger than I remember and the actual flavour. You can taste a bit more of the alcohol than what I can remember um, and a little less fruity. But overall, yeah, it's, it's pretty much what I remember. Because yeah. we have talked about uh, torps on the podcast quite a yeah, few times Yeah, you can get before, this. And you can get this in a torp. And that <clears> is something I would be really interested in trying. I think that would be... That that would be good to, to see because it's such a staple, and I think it's one of those where don't get me wrong, we've had things like Heineken on top, but something that is such a quintessential British drink to then have in that yeah. kind of form would be would be a real good test for the system, I think, more than also, anything. Also, you could see so, how uh, like the difference versus drafting bottle as well. That would be quite interesting. Yeah. But yeah, as you um, were briefly touching on it i didn't actually realize that you could get this in the us up until i was watching um a rerun of big bang theory okay in particular yeah in particular it's episode one of series five so it's called the skank reflex analysis which is the one for anybody watch big bang theory it's the one where raj wakes up next to penny inside london's bed so (laughs) uh, and it's all the knock-on effect from that but yeah, as uh, Leonard was, though, as we're all there talking in the living room as they normally do, Leonard actually had a bottle of this, but they just had the uh, the N and the E covered up with white tape. Uh, clearly, you could tell it was Newcastle Brown Ale. Um, but yeah, so but I, I thought that was quite funny. And I, I actually went digging a little deeper. And originally, Newcastle Brown Ale was actually the genuine Newcastle Brown Ale that you used to get. Um, transported over from the UK to the US. Okay. At some point during the transition over the kind of the last so many years, uh, basically they stopped doing that and it started getting brewed by Lagunitas Brewing Company instead. Uh, but the Newcastle Bear now that uh, the Americans get now isn't actually anything like the Newcastle Bear now that we have. So if okay. any, any of our American listeners have bought their Newcastle Brown Ale to go with this, your flavour profiles will be very, very different to what we're picking up. So I just wanted to let you let everybody oh. know about that before they continue, because we are getting a bigger following in America as well. So if they, anybody actually does drink along with us, yeah, that those flavour profiles aren't just just aren't going to match. That, so. That's something we've <clears> got to get our hands on. I would love to to try the American <laughs> Newcastle Brown Ale, but that that makes a lot of sense. To be fair, I suppose I, I always think of it with like Guinness, uh, kind of that standard kind of Irish drink that kind of gets exported elsewhere. But I don't really think of it from from other kind of breweries, and I, I would never have thought Newcastle Brown Ale would be one of those kind of global brands that kind of goes round. But um, I was always surprised that you can find you know these kind of beers elsewhere. And they, they have Further, you can also remember that you know these sponsored like Newcastle. Uh, United football team as well for years and years and yeah, with that exportation of the Premier League to other countries it's a brand that would get you know recognised elsewhere so it makes sense that they actually at least use the brand obviously clearly they're not doing the actual same yeah. beer anymore so you know but at least they're making money from it and that's I suppose the big picture from them really isn't it yeah. so but yeah, that's Newcastle. Also, I think, I, think, I think it's a beer that, that that would go down quite well in America anyway, just from a style point of view, I think. You know, it has well, that kind of well because they uh, took but, it over. So. Well, <laughs> but, but yeah, that's Newcastle. Brown you ale. put it like that, but yeah. Uh, it's a quintessential English ale. If you've never tried it, definitely, definitely give it a blast. But if you are one of those few people like myself that it sends you a bit loopy, don't say you haven't been warned. Right, so uh, in a break from our normal kind of setup, uh, I thought we would talk about lifestyle a bit, James. Is this where you go all gokwan on us, is it? Gokwan, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so basically, uh, I've got to a stage where I'm a middle-aged man now, so the middle-aged spread is a common thing, um, which obviously clearly I have lots of. It's kind of got to a stage where it's no longer middle-aged spread and it's just, I'm a big fat blob. So 
I've decided I'm uh, going to lose like some weight through like exercise and dieting and that type of thing. Um, but one other thing I've actually, as a result of this, I've actually tried a like a food substitute that I've been looking at for a while. Now the food substitute I've started using was a uh, called Huel. Now this is available globally. So what Huel is is a it's a food replacement technically where you get a shaker, you put 500 ml of water, um, two scoops of this powder and shake it up and drink it. Now this powder basically contains all the carbs, protein, vitamins, fiber that your body needs. It's basically a a meal replacement. It's not actually, it's not designed for dieting or anything like that. It is actually people do live on this daily. So um, I actually know somebody who lost a lot of weight on this because they were using it as well, which is part of the reason why I thought I'd give it a try. Um, also, with the whole environment, environmental impact and that type of thing, because it does have a reduced effect because it is fully vegan and all that type of stuff, um, I thought it's worth a blast. Now, I ordered two flavours, chocolate and berry. <clears throat> okay. Uh, the best way I can describe it is slightly flavoured grit. Um, okay. <laughs> so, really selling it to the uh, listeners there. I think chocolate, lightly flavoured grit. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it it's a unique taste. It's a unique it's a very, taste. Yeah. Um, to be honest, you do get a bit more used to it, but I don't know if it's anything you ever truly like. Obviously, it's all down to individual yeah. um, tastes. Like my friend who was really, really picky eater has used it for what three years. And you know, they are still happily using it, yet they wouldn't eat something like a steak or anything like that. So it all then empty personal taste buds. But yeah. um yeah. And just confirm like the, the way you're <clears throat> you're using it, right? You're having it for breakfast and lunch, but then you're having kind of a normal set meal, but no snacks throughout. Yeah, with. I mean okay. you're, you're, you're okay. not my diet planner, so Thank well, no, much. I was just questioning. Um, I, just, I thought maybe, you know, the, the listeners might be interested. That's, well, I mean, you know, I, I may have been getting sorry. to that rather than you assuming, but, but okay. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically within these uh, two scoops and the and the half litre of water, you basically have 400 calories, okay? So I had tried that for a, a few days, and then I was like, I started to get a little bit not really looking forward to eating it, kind of like putting it off and postponing it, or that kind of defeats the object of the whole dieting aspect. So I started replacing breakfast with like porridge or something a little bit smaller and healthier, but actually less calories than what the heel has as well. So again, try and speed up that little bit pro- that process a little bit. Um, I've pretty much never replaced the heel altogether, but which <laughs> <laughs> defeats the point of the heel entirely, yeah. right? Yeah. But, but the, I, the thing is, though, I I, yeah. I, was, I was at a point where I was quite happy to try it and i think it gave me a very good kickstart yeah but the way in which because i've done two massive diets through my life previously one where i lost 11 and a half stone and one not quite as dramatic um i just thought give it a try but i've actually just gone back to my normal style of like dieting which is basically calorie counting monitoring what i'm having but making sure i've got a a wide array of like vegetables going in because actually they yeah. fill you up without actually containing a lot and a little bit of something like meat or fish or something just to give it the extra bit. Um, but overall, it's not doing too badly. And I've also uh, started walking a lot more again, which is quite good. But yeah, um, if anybody actually wants to try Huel, I think it's worth if you can get a discount code because if, if anybody you know yeah. has already tried it, you can get 10, 10 pound off. And they get £10 off. So it is quite good in that respect. Whether it's actually for you or helpful in that route solely resides on your taste buds. So um, literally, there's nothing more I can say than if you want to do, yeah. if you do want to try that type of thing, by all means, try it. But be wary, it, it is a very unique flavour. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the thing, right? Because it was something when I saw you were having it, it it's I have a few friends who have had it. Uh, I have one friend who lives on Slim Fast and loves that. I personally have never really seen that work. And I don't, although he does it, I think how principle, I don't know it actually works for him, if I'm being honest. Um, but it's one of those where <laughs> I, I think I, I 
I'm not, I'm not, you know, getting to the middle aged yet, but it's definitely something where my diet. That's funny, you look middle aged though. Yeah, I do, but yeah, thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's something I have been thinking about, and you know what, like porridge, uh, those porridge pots that you can get, like quite great porridge pots. I really yeah. live by them. They do uh, an apple and blueberry one, which I think tastes amazing and is really low calorie. And you know, for me, I have one of those in the morning if I go into the office or something like that, and that sets me up for my day. And that's pretty much all I will eat until you know maybe a sandwich at lunchtime or some grapes and stuff like that. And they're really where, good. Where if you can find the apple and cherry one, that's even better. Okay, I have not had the apple and cherry. One, apple and cherry is amazing. It's it's like yeah. literally it's like rarer than rocking or shit, but it is amazing. It is really good. Yeah, okay. if you can find it, uh, it's definitely worth. Yeah, the yeah, I'll, I'll definitely I'll definitely keep an eye out for that. I think the other one I tried was like banana and strawberry, but I wasn't a mass. That was a bit too thick. Well, I think I love banana. That does it, but but I hate banana flavor things. Yeah, because they do a banana cured as well, don't they? Yeah, I, I didn't try that yeah. just in case it tastes like the they use only banana sweets. Yeah, exactly. They do have a few other flavours. And I think for me, the texture would be the thing that puts me off of it. I'm not really somebody who has kind of that kind of food, if I'm honest. So like, I'm not a big fan of soups or anything like that. And it is a texture kind of thing. Um, and, and that was something I was like, I don't know if I would go for Like porridge for me is that only that kind of consistency that I would go for. But even then, it's a lot less of it. And like whenever you have fuel, it's yeah. always you, you have quite a big container of it in the shaker don't you well that's why i swapped from uh here on the breakfast to like oats because porridge um i actually at the moment i'm having the bigger bowls uh with skim milk and it's like 300 calories so i'm still saving 100 calories but i'm completely full at the end of it so i'm like i'm happy with that but again it's just all about offsetting really isn't it so yeah, we're not really yeah, we're yeah. not telling anybody to do a particular style or diet or anything like that. I just I know a lot of people would have been seeing the adverts for Huel and be interested in what someone's take of it is. Yeah. All I can do is tell you my personal opinion on it. Yes, I can see it working there for a lot of people. And actually that type of thing will get only get better because it's in its third version now. So every time they change it, it will get better on the flavours and the textures and things. But it's just one of those things. It's it's down to personal opinion whether you can actually enjoy that or not. So I mean, yeah, it depends on whether you want to spend forty five or thirty five quid, depending on whether you get a code or yeah. not. Trying it. Well, you you probably still got quite a lot left. So you're gonna try and like add into your diet over the next couple of weeks, like maybe. Yeah, but I'm, like, well, I'm going back to work um, next week. So my plan is to actually have it for like my dinner, lunchtime, whatever you call it. Um, so yeah, I'll, I will start having it again then and kind of see how things go from that particular point. So yeah. see how it fits in your routine. And that makes sense to be fair. Cause it is one of those where it might, you might find it easier in terms of being in an office environment doing it. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. Well, but I mean, with the exception to uh, days when we record a podcast, I will literally be only be having a bit what, between 1000 and 1200 calories a day. So it's only on the podcast days I will have slightly more, but I'll try and do something to offset it, really. But, yeah, the heel fits yeah. into that plan quite nicely for well, me. Well, it's fair. This this one thing we, we've both always said, the one thing that makes us put on so much weight is beer because we drink yeah. so much of it. And and actually, I think just cutting that out and having that kind of regimen will work really well, I think. So. Well, that's it. it goes from a case of, uh, like, drinking beer every single day, having a takeaway or a kebab or that type of thing soon builds up and then you end up looking like me. So, yeah. Uh, don't say yeah, you haven't been warned, folks. I mean, I'm having a complete cheap weekend, I'm not going to lie, because it's bank holiday at the moment. So, And the weather's so good. Well, I, had a, I had a cheap day yesterday, uh, and I went up to 2,000 calories. Yeah. So, well, I think that's how you've got to do it, though. If you want to... Because I think if you completely devoid yourself of that stuff, it will just make it a lot harder for you. And I yeah. think you do need like, those kind of things to get through. Or, you know, you say, actually, you know what? This weekend, I'm going to have some like one cheat item or something like that that i really want that will then get you through the rest of it because it's almost worth it for having that one item yeah so it's it's one of the things you gotta have a treat to remind yourself why yeah you know the the nice things the the main reason why i'm doing it is because i'm quite fat i've got two young children and i want to be around for like longer than i probably will be if i stay like this so uh Every now and again, you have to change it up, don't you? <laughs> wow. And on that happy note, Chris, should we move on to the next beer? Wow. Yeah. So the trial <laughs> testing was Newcastle Brown Ale. Uh, always a classic. Try it if you haven't tried it before. Now, the 
Peter Falk for this episode is from Jack Rabbit Brewing Company again, and it's called Down the Rabbit Hole, and it's a vanilla and oatmeal stout. Again, this is 4.7% in volume. Uh, it is vegan friendly, and it's got Cascade and Fugal Hops. So this is the one that we were um and ahhing about in the last episode. So in the, the end, we decided to go for a very similar kind of lineup. Uh, this time around, we've just gone, yeah, health on other and very random and eclectic, like a bit more traditional beer and bands, yeah. shall we say. Yeah. Uh, right, so I know you're a massive stout fan, so... See, I am a stout fan, but I have I have reservations on this, Chris. So I think what oh, you really? try, Why? I think... We can I, smell I the vanilla the, straight from the off. Yeah, the vanilla you can smell. It's going to be the oatmeal. I've had a few oatmeal beers before, and that taste can sometimes really come through. And for me personally, it just makes it a little bit heavier bodied. I mean, I'm, by the way, in case for anybody who doesn't have oatmeal stouts or that kind of thing, it, I'm not saying it's really thick in that sense. Um, but you get a lot of that flavour, and for me personally, normally it comes through. I don't, by your by your expression, you're kind of saying it doesn't, but oh, it's not for me. It's not particularly heavy bodied for like in comparison with any other yeah. type of stout you would have any other point. Uh, there's very very subtle hints of the vanilla, but overall, I can't really taste any of the oats at all. It literally just tastes like a slightly tinged vanilla stout. I, I think you can almost have like burnt oats as kind of the aftertaste i think i, I get a little bit of it in, oh, in very the pretentious there james very pretentious there's like they're slightly overcooked by a proper bit of three minutes um <laughs> yes well what can i say oh as i was saying to it after the, the the country club just the other day like Live in Derby, mate. There's no country clubs, right? Um, oh, yeah, it's <laughs> it is a very, it is quite a stronger uh flavored stout, uh, quite stronger than some of the other states we've had on the podcast so far. Yeah, like we had Higgins, that was a very delicate one. This one is a bit more heavy, but there is a bit more of that burn taste. There is a subtle hint of vanilla, but I would say generally that's kind of. I'm not a massive stout fan, but it is drinkable. I, but I, I wouldn't have more than one. No, I like I like a stout that's quite smooth and you know quite simplistic in flavours. And I think actually this is a little bit too complex. I think the aftertaste is I don't for me a bit hit and miss. And and also it tastes a lot stronger than four point seven. That's it does. That, it does. That's you know you you taste the alcohol in it, even though it's you know not particularly high alcohol content. Um, and that, that's kind of crazy to me, but yeah, I, d- I don't know. Well, to be honest, the last two, the last, stouts, the last two drinks but, yeah. that we've had uh, are basically the strongest thing I've drank for two weeks. So I'm tasting the alcohol in quite a lot of these, if I'm completely honest. Um, but even then, I would say you, you do get it in this more than than the previous, but that tastes stronger than 4.7 to me, to be fair. It, it is it packs a lot more punch. It depends on where how you like your beers, really. If you do want a bit more of a subtle one, I'll probably say steer clear. If you do like your like more punchier beers, or especially there's a massive following for like imperial stouts, then I think you'd actually really enjoy this. But it's not really our type of style. Am I fair no, in saying? I, yeah, no, I, I think I think that's fair. Fair in saying to be fair, and you know we we normally always joke on uh, <clears throat> on the podcast when we have stouts. It's normally always chocolate or coffee. And yeah. actually, I will say one thing I do like is you know vanilla and oatmeal. The, the flavour profile is slightly different. Yeah, I think the vanilla adds a little bit of refreshingness to it. Yeah, yeah, and and I do I do quite like that. So uh, I I think maybe it is the oatmeal that I just don't like in it. To be fair, I think maybe uh, maybe vanilla on on kind of a chocolate or coffee note would would be slightly better yeah. for me in terms of the base of it. A bit like a vanilla uh, latte style. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's uh, it's it Jackrabbit Brewery, isn't it? And, yeah. and we've had a few Jackrabbit that that have been quite good. So yeah, we have a double dry um, hops one, didn't we? We had a like an yeah. IPA a few uh, episodes back. So, but yeah, down the rabbit hole. I mean, I do like the artwork as well, to be fair. Oh, yeah, the artwork's like, like really classy. Yeah. I really like it. But uh, still not, and it, still not sold yeah, on the Yeah, fits in with their brand as well. <laughs> no, um, no. And I, I, by the way, I think if you're looking to try and get into stouts, this is not going to be one that will get you into it. <laughs> That's for sure. So, Right then, James, yeah. what did you want to talk about, my friend? 
I kind of want to talk about nostalgia a little bit, to be fair. So uh, the one thing that I watched yesterday uh, that I think, to be fair, is, is being quite popular at the moment, I'm guessing, you know, a lot of people will have watched, you are not going to like this topic at all, Chris. Okay. Interesting, you'll bring it up where you're only talking to me then. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's the Friends Reunion. Okay. Oh, look at that. The, the sigh of, of <laughs> disarray. What I will say is I will touch on the Friends Reunion very briefly. I was say, do you want me to disappear kind of, for like five minutes and, and then, then, come and then back kind of it? And then kind of segue into another topic that can kind of maybe get you a bit engaged because I like asking you random questions and, and seeing how, you know, what kind of questions come up into it. But what I'll say is there's one earbud out. And okay, depending on how the rest of the segment goes, I will set a time of five minutes and I'll just come back. Fair enough. I mean, honestly, this is how you get sometimes. And if you could do this in real life, you would love that, wouldn't you? Well, just don't take, talk take, to you. Take your ears off and just, yeah, walk away. I mean, that's what it comes to. I mean, my family still haven't visited me yet. So <laughs> I, I, I genuinely, nobody likes me. Uh, but yeah, no, that no, 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 actually, they'll be coming to see you very soon because they've got a very important beer delivery for you. Oh, do they? Oh, that'll be good. Yeah, more of my money being spent. Continue. Oh, there we go. There we go. I mean, you just keep spending it. I mean, you know, there comes a point where you just have to stop, Chris, I think. But uh... I mean, it'd be nice if the co-host had put his hand in his pocket. But yeah, uh, please. Oh, wow. That's, uh, we're going we're gonna to have a falling out. This is, where the, this is the episode where it all ends. Uh, but yeah, no, <laughs> the Friends reunion was, was really good. And I think it just had that kind of nostalgia element to me in terms of you're not a big fan of the content at all. Uh, and it was oh, quite in, it, in the sense that it kind of did a lot of nods to the old shows, a lot of kind of celebrity cameos almost for the sake of it. But, you know, they, they did like this really nice table read, this really nice kind of uh, interview about it. Um, and I think it, it kind of helps that fan service where it's almost they're not going to make a new episode because they've closed it off and they've kind of ended all the stories really nicely that they're really happy with with how they finished it. And whether you're a fan of the show or not, I think it's one of those where actually the ending was very good in the sense of just tying all the loose ends together and basically packaging it all up into one kind of complete series. Um, and so they will never kind of redo that. But I think for me, it's one of those that I started thinking about and kind of getting into some of the other shows where I'm like, I would love to see some of kind of the older shows come back in terms of that nostalgia. And to be fair, I'd always thought this with the Mighty Ducks, right? I love the Mighty Ducks, the shows, but then the, the TV show was rubbish. But what I wanted to know is kind of, if you could bring a show back, Chris, what, what show would you bring back? Because I've had some hits and misses recently with kind of that retro comeback on shows and stuff like that. I think we always are big fans of kind of British comedy. And I always thought like the Vicar of Dibley coming back would be amazing. And I don't know if you saw, they did kind of the Zoom episodes of it where yeah. they had kind of Geraldine and they, they tried to do a thing where they had a few of the guests, but of course, uh, you know, quite a few of the co-stars are quite old and have passed away. And, you know, uh, Alice Tinker being one of them, I think. Uh, yeah, but she was actually the youngest one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's the youngest one. But I think it's one of those where there was some kind of key key members and you're like, you know, could they kind of force a story together for the sake of it? And I think, you know, they did a little bit of that with Zoom and I thought it kind of went really well. But I, thought it was I don't terrible. know, it's things like... I liked one of the episodes, I think, with Hugo that they did. I thought that was a really good one. I think that kind of made sense. But then they did one, I think, with... David or something and that was terrible so I think it's one of the it kind of they tried to package them all in one massive combo episode didn't they because they were like a web series thing where they did like five ten minute kind of web episodes um, and they I think they packaged them together on BBC iPlayer or something didn't they over Christmas so uh, I watched a bit of it and I'll just turn it off I got very bored yeah um, um, but yeah I don't know it just kind of it just made me think of like the kind of shows that I used to watch when I was younger that I would love to to see come back up because it's that whole nostalgia element of it to be fair so um, what kind of what honestly there's two shows I would have come back okay. um second big break okay which is a uh kind of a cross between a comedy show with snooker and a bit of a panel quiz show again yeah. old school 90s but it was really enjoyable and my favourite one, which I'd really love to come back, Bullseye. Bullseye. I, I, I'm interested that me and you have very similar tastes in the sense that most of mine on my list were kind of uh, game show related as well. Because <laughs> I, I used to love those when I was younger. Uh, and it's it's a simplistic fun viewing. Yeah, 
yeah exactly and it's something that you can kind of engage with and i you know the kind of game show elements <clears> of it you can always engage as a family and kind of argue about it on the tv and kind of some of the questions being asked or how people were kind of taking it. you don't you can't really do that with drama quite often and even comedy you can all laugh together but you know quite often it's not like you're engaging with it in the same kind of way whereas game shows always always amazing yeah i mean um, but the thing is like with bullseye it was it was a simplicity that made it so good you know, so you had um, one person who's generally good on the quiz side, but you know, average yeah. on darts, and then they were paired up with a professional, like with a proper darts person who were all about darts. And when it comes to the questions, they weren't really much up. It was all about the balance. And then three teams going head to head, you win some money, and then you could say you can gamble it all, try and win this, or you can, uh, you know, stick with what you got. If you do gamble and you lose, the only thing you get is your bus fare home. I mean. Your beer fetch, you've got your beer fetch. No one's going to take that away from you. That's, yep. your, that's secure. Are you going to go for the motorboat? You know, uh, you live uh, in oh, Birmingham, three miles away from the hold sea. On, hold on, hold on. Motorboat was when it was, uh, you West know, Bay. that was when he got like too big for his britches. Yeah, I mean, yeah. realistically, <laughs> the majority of the prizes are something like an Austin Metro. So I know. saw a TV one once, like TV sound system kind of thing. <laughs> that was good. Like, you know, because they're always like, you can watch a singular. <laughs> Uh, Price is Right, I always used to love when it used to be winning like a TV cabinet or like, a, you know, a table and chairs because it always used to be furniture based for your house. Um, and it's just completely random stuff or like yeah. a holiday to Cornwall or something like that because when it was low budget and it was, you know, there's a certain joy of it being low budget and you're not actually going to win much. Whereas now they try and replicate like the new catchphrase or something like that. And it's, you know, this massive holiday that's over the top and it just kind of, kind of defeats the objective of it a little bit. You know, you, you want smaller prizes in my opinion, not, yeah. not massive. Yeah. And that's, well, I mean, that's why um, one of my favorite game shows is pointless. You know, it's, yeah. it's a, um, the basic prize is two and a half grand and uh, it just keeps on building. Wait, no, is it two and a half or two grand? I, uh, I think they've had both. I think maybe it started off as two and then moved it. Oh, I think actually, no, one's yeah. a charity yeah. one, isn't it? So that's a like two and a half one. I think it's sort of oh, they have like the, I think the it's a thousand pounds and every yeah. time it's not one, it just keeps on rolling over. So that's not a massive prize, but it's more the thing of it's a fun game show to be involved in. Yeah. So the money's just a bonus. Also, you've got a clear budget then as well, rather yeah. than potentially winning 10 or more and not giving it away and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I like to change. I, I think one of the ones I would love to come back is Golden Balls. I used to love that show. I hated where, that. Like, oh, no, it's the end where you could split or steal. And I just love that whole concept, you know, because it's it, it was way better than Deal or No Deal. I, I just don't understand why it's... And you'd always, and there's that great clip of the guy who's like, I'm, I'm gonna steal. I'm, I'm gonna steal. I want you to know I'm gonna steal. You need to, you know, put split and then I'll split the money afterwards just to try and get in his head. Uh, and it worked out in the end that they both split, but he kind of put him through this just to try and make sure that he was gonna split. And it's just, you know, this complete mind game. Uh, but yeah, I used to, I used to really like it. No, uh, uh, awful. Why, what, what didn't you like about it? Everything. The whole, everything. 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 Oh, yeah, it's it's like, horrendous. I didn't know if it was like you, because, um, oh, what was the Jasper, the host? The Jasper host Carrot. Thought, yeah, I, I didn't know if it, like, you didn't like him. Or, what, Jasper Carrot? Like no, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, this Jasper is why Carrot I was, was like, amazing. Is there, but that's why I was like, is there something specific you didn't like? But then the like everything. Okay, well, fair, fair enough. I mean, um, I love when they brought Crystal Mace back, but Fort Boyard, I really would love to, them to bring that back, to be fair. No, Chris Myers is good. I've never gone into Fort Boyard. Um, to be honest, though, going back to Jasper Carrot, one of my favourite TV shows when I was growing up was a TV show called The Detectives. Have you I ever seen it? Seen the, no, oh, you've never seen it? Oh, no, no, So no. basically, it's The Detectives. So it was Jasper Carrot and Robert Powell. And, um, yeah, basically, they're, like, two kind of hapless, um, like, detectives who kind of, like, fumble the way through... Um, like solving cases, but if you've never seen it, just spend some time watching that. Anybody, it's just it's classic British humor, but it, in the nineties, you can't 90s. get better in the nineties. The nineties was the best when it comes to like British humor, and it was fantastic. But yeah, the detectives absolutely amazing. Oh, I love this. I love when we got stuff that then I go away and just can watch on YouTube and absolutely <laughs> love and be like, yeah, you're completely right. Like, that is amazing. So, so. it's the, the episode with the gym. Just 
That's all I'm saying. Just watch the episode with the gym. Ed. Is that a gym, the place, or gym a person? Like you'll find out, my friend. I'll find uh, out. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's a gym owned by some guy called Jim. Who knows? But there you could go. be. But so. you'll find out. Uh, yeah. So uh, down the rabbit hole was a vanilla and oatmeal stout, which was. Um, if you're into your stouts, especially your stronger stouts, I think that you'll be a fan of that one. But it's a, a little bit harsher on the palate. It's not as smooth as some of the other ones we've had. Um, but yeah, definitely give it a try. I mean, it's all about life experience, isn't it? So if you don't try it, you never know. Right, so the Around the World for this episode, uh, we have actually mentioned their name earlier on in the episode as well. I don't know if yes. Brunel. So this is IPA from Lagunitas, which is brewed in Petaluma, California. Now, Lagunitas was actually a beer that we got brought on to quite a few years back, wasn't it? Um, yeah. We really enjoyed it. However, they did for a, a small part change the recipe or change something that they did in it, and the flavour was never quite the, the same again, was it? So, No. no as a result of that, we yeah. haven't had it for a while. So I will let you have a bit of a, you know, basically you're going to be yeah. the uh, guinea pig. And find out whether they've they've solved the problem or whether it's gone or it's still what it's uh, we're changing to. To that, I think I've had Lagunitas since the problem, and I think it tastes okay. I don't think it ever got back to the heyday, though. If I'm honest, like this is the thing, right? And I always say this: sometimes you find a beer and you for the first time, and you think, "Wow, this tastes amazing." And the problem is, every time you try and have it, you know, since that point you'll never quite get back to that same first experience. And it is a, it is a shame. Well, no, because this, we had it, uh, we had it constantly for about six months and it was beautiful. And then we didn't have it for a bit. And then we bought some again and it changed and you just ne- never really had that sizzle factor. And judging by your face, I should say that it's no. still on the new recipe. No. Yeah, I mean, uh, what I would say is we, the worst experience <clears> we've had is I remember we got a torp of Lagunitas, and I, I don't, I think you well, might have got a torp of Lagunitas, and I, th- I, I can't remember. What, I what's that pronunciation? Lagunitas. That's not what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it is what it, it says. It's, it's basically <laughs> this is like do you know the Benedict Cumberbatch thing with the penguins? Penguins, penguins. Lagunitas. Lagunitas, <laughs> and they had to redo the whole of it. And then wasn't it the irony that he was in the Penguins of the Madagascar yeah, afterwards? Yeah. And that's just great. Um, yeah, your pronunciation yeah. is very similar. <laughs> yeah, the, the worst thing we ever had, I think you you bought the top of it. And then when we tried the top, yeah, which is not cheap, undrinkable. Yeah, I think it was one of the more expensive, pricier tops because they had like a limited release of it or something. And yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. Um, but I think that was kind of really chemically, yeah. which I don't think we've got here. But um, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it is 6.2%, so by far the biggest hitter we've had so far. Um, and and what type of flavour profiles do you pick up? For, for me personally, it doesn't taste as strong as the last one, which was 47 um, I think for me, it's always pleasant in the sense that the hop is very much in the middle of the body. You don't get kind of a massive hoppy aftertaste. Personally, I think, it, again, it's quite a simplistic drink. I think you do get kind of some of the citrus notes, which you would expect from kind of an IPA, you know, in that sense. But it, it's very kind of middle of the road for me in terms of IPAs. I, I kind of want more of a hoppiness in terms of that bite. Okay, so I don't pick up much on the aroma. Uh, with the flavour, they kind of have just a little hint of sweetness to it, um, kind of like the caramelly effect. But I actually do get a bit more of a bite in the aftertaste from the hops. Because it's like American stuff, it tends to be typically dry hopped and have a bit, a little bit extra bite to it. Mm. It's not a massively overpowering IPA, but again, what you say it doesn't, it it's not doesn't taste like six point two percent at all. Yeah, uh, no, it, if all. anything, it does take a lot more, like subtle and drinkable in comparison with, um, like the stems that we had previously. So, yeah. Um, there's not really much else you can say to it, though, is there? It's no, not, um... that's the thing. It's, it's not a complex beer in the sense that there are these massive flavour profiles to really to really draw upon. Um, because actually, a lot of the flavour profile in itself is just the hops and that kind of that hoppiness to it, um, which, like I say, hits you kind of <clears> in the middle and then just kind of lingers and stays. But um, I don't know. It's I wouldn't say it's particularly bitter, personally, compared to other IPs that I've had either. Um, IPs? IPAs. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I'd say... Uh, 
to that it's also i would say personally i do get some of the citrus notes of the of the hops and i would say it is quite crisp in itself i think yeah. to start with it is it, more of a harsher kind of flavor kind of thing. yeah you get some of the crispness of it and then it kind of leads to the hops and then it's you know that's all you get really and that is the overpowering thing and i think it's one of those beers that it doesn't taste six point two percent but it does taste hoppy and i think sometimes you always mistake the hops for the strength but actually this is kind of almost the other the other way around in that sense yeah it's it's very much a californian style ipa rather than a more traditional ipa but whatever hop they use or whatever balance of hops there is just an underlying bitterness that kind of dries my mouth out more than having that refreshing element to it that you normally get in the drink um and yeah it's just See, I always compare it to like Sierra Nevada, which I actually I oh. used to like this more than, but actually yeah. I like Sierra Nevada more now, and, and that's Agreed. the thing. Um, and I, think, not, I, don't, you know, I don't think Sierra Nevada changed. I just think this changed, and I agree. But I think if we're, if we're comparing it to a beer that people might recognise and know, that's yeah. probably the comparison I made. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. There's not really much else we can kind of say about it, is there? Really? So. Uh... Yeah, that's like any this IPA. If you haven't tried it, it's quite easily accessible. Again, give it a try. Just tell us what you think. Uh, yeah, so you wanted to actually talk about beer subscriptions, James. Beer subscriptions, which do you found, I think a lot of our listeners who are really into beer may have tried a few of the different ones anyway. Yeah. Um, I think me and you have actually got through most of them now. Yeah, um, well, we've done... We tried beer fifty two. We we've done we've done a lot of beer fifty two, haven't we? Yeah, well, fair, we did to like start off with years. because it was easily yeah. accessible. Um, Flavorly, uh, Virgin Wines. Wines. We tried their one. Um, and the most recent one, of course. Most recent one is the Brewdog one, Dog. which yeah. got to what's coming up later. Um, yeah. yeah, so there's quite a few different services. I've actually spotted a couple of other ones out there as well. So I can't remember off the top of it, but about another two or three big like biggish kind of beer subscription yeah. companies out there. So, yeah, what was it that you wanted to the kind of focus I, on? I, I, I think <clears> it's one of those, because we, we've kind of got so much, I, I don't want to say knowledge of it, but experience with them in terms of the different beers that they might offer, the different kind of level of service as well. Uh, I think we both have some very strong opinions on potentially some of the customer service we've received from a few oh, of yeah. them, to be fair. Um, and I think it's just always one of those things that we, we never really touch on. We may we may say, oh, yeah, Beer 52, we've, we've tried that, and you know, but we never really speak to it as an experience uh, in terms of which ones we recommend. I would say the facts, bluntly speaking, the fact that there's not a single one that we are currently subscribed to that we envisage being subscribed to for a long time really shows that i think we're not particularly enamored to any of the peer subscriptions um i think it's one of those where if you're one of those people who who like a few random beers and don't want to really pick them yourself then that you know that's kind of the benefit of having kind of a beer subscription i wouldn't say you necessarily get good value for money in quite a lot of them normally the yeah. first one you sign up to you get good value because they you know they might give you free posting and packaging and it's like 10 pounds for the first crate or something like that but i think it's one of those where long term you never actually get your money's worth and you're actually better off going down to morrison's and buying four cans for six pounds or something like that and you'll actually get more for your money and you probably still get quite a good selection in different supermarkets anyway because they actually have a bigger range of it well actually i'll I'll kind of counteract that because i think that this is kind of the problem um most people's kind of introduction to craft beer is either a subscription service or what you can get in a supermarket yeah. Some of the supermarket ones, yeah, they can be really nice. They can be really enjoyable, decent value for money, but you are extremely limited on what type of selections you can get. So beer subscriptions for me, they're good when you first kind of get into it or yeah. in like kind of what we do sometimes, if you can kind of get a special offer where you can get like double ups of a, like particular beers, then yeah, it makes it a bit, life a bit easier for us. As a rule, I'd probably say the subscriptions are pricey for what they are, but then they, they want to make money from it. So there's always going to be some dross that they can't shift. So that's what they throw into it. I think the, probably the best way, once you've kind of got established into your um, yeah, your craft beers and you actually in, you know what kind of beers you're naturally drawn to, yeah. is actually use the sites or pick your own. Yeah. Look for the look for key breweries that you enjoy. 
Um, like one that we discovered from BA52 was Horizon. That's probably the only one that's yeah. actually a full standout brewery that I actually genuinely enjoyed from that particular one. There was that um, Belinda Pilsner that we had from uh, Virgin Wines. That was for a Pilsner. That was actually yeah. so nice. Um, but again, we would never have come across that if we hadn't used that service. Uh, yeah. Flavorly, we've had a couple of their um, like the four pure like specials that they did because they're the American theme ones, and again, they was quite tasty. But yeah, you know, there's certain elements to all these different types of services that actually they're really, really good if you use them wisely. My personal, if you if you just get into it and you find your feet, or you can get a decent deal, by all means, take it. When you get a bit more into what you like. Mm. Just go and pick what you actually what you think yeah. you'll enjoy. Try a particular brewery that you like, or if not, just go for something outlandish. Something that doesn't match because it's always they always trying to stick a theme with these subscription boxes, well, yeah. which and, I think are the problem. Kind of have to, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I agree, and I think it's and the theme is probably the main issue that I have because you know quite often people are very particular on the type of beers they have or the brands of brewer brewers they go to for and i think it's one of those where like beer 52 for example they always did it every month was a different version yeah so they picked a different country or a different festival or something like that so you know we had one one month where it was irish and therefore we had basically 90 percent stouts yeah you know and if you're not a fan of stouts you're then stuck with loads of stouts that to be fair i am a fan of but and we used a few of them back in the day. Uh, I think yeah. we used a few, a few of the stouts from it. But, you know, then the next month it was um, kind of uh, German-based because it was kind of a beer uh, kind of beer festival, I think. And so it was therefore loads of German beers and loads of wheat beers and, you know, stuff like that. And again, suddenly you're stuck with those types of beers. And I think it's one of those where if you, again, want a good selection and almost that random variety, and it, maybe it'll help you find beers that you know you may never have tried and therefore you might find one you like, then that's great. I think for me and you, we have tried a lot more beers than most, I like to say. Um, and we drink we, too much. We do drink too much, but we're, <clears throat> we're very confident in most of the main standard beers, yeah. which ones we like, which one we don't. And therefore, if I saw a beer 52 that was wheat beers, I would never order that and I'd make sure that I would avoid it at all costs, right? Yeah. And I think it's one of those where, so for us, the whole randomness doesn't really work. I also think it's one of those where sometimes people get these subscriptions almost to drink with friends. So we did the Cyber yeah. Festival and stuff like that, stuff like that, which was through Beer 52. And we liked it because, again, we had a good selection. Um, we found some beers we really liked, like that Sour 52. Um, oh yeah the uh 15 sour yeah that was banging yeah yeah that was that was amazing and, and one of the best sour beers we've ever had probably one of the only sours we've ever liked to be fair um it's definitely was it worth one. going through the whole subscription just for that one beer we liked no most nope. of the others were fairly forgettable um and i think it's also one of those where you've got to share one of the things i would say about the brew dog one which i like a if you're a fan of brew dog as a brewery and you like a lot of their beers then immediately you get to two cans of different types of well four cans of brew dog beer right uh you personally are kind of hit and miss sometimes with brew dog as a, as a general rule i'm not a massive fan of the brew yeah. dog stuff however the only reason why we kept it going so far is the additions that they've added they've appealed to us so we're yeah. like for, for them now we're keeping it um yeah we, they haven't announced the one for next month yet because uh, the main reason we kept it is because what the wild card that we got coming up in a minute. Um, yeah. But yeah, the second it becomes to they announce the beers and go, actually, we don't want that, we'll just cancel it. However, the one advantage to the brew dog one, yes, it is less beers and there is all doubles. However, it is a much cheaper price point and it does give you some staples in there. So you've got some, yeah. it's nothing as things that aren't going to set your world on fire, but you know what you're going to get. Elvis Juice, Planet and Pale, all those sort of things. Uh, Lost Lager. Of, yeah, Lost, Lost Lager. Lager. Yeah, it's okay. yeah, a couple of ones that you can kind of give a bit of a try and say, actually, I know I like these, so it's yeah. not that much of a gamble. Yes, in comparison to what you can buy in the supermarket for, that it's expensive, <laughs> but you're not paying for that. You're paying for that variety. And I think that that's the point. I think it's it's almost that BrewDog is tapping into that middle ground of 
yes, you've got a brewery and you've got some of the notable beers that you're going to like, and then they've got the and friends part where they've got some other kind of random brewers that they like and can kind of do, and then, you know, potentially you then get some of the Brewdog collaborations, which we'll come on to, um, where they're kind of wacky and you're like, actually, you want to try that. And quite a few of them you can only get now through the subscription. I think that kind of exclusivity to it yeah. really helps it as a kind of thing because actually we liked that with the Cyberfest, but actually all of the other subscriptions like Beer 52 or Virgin Wines, very few of them you can't just get separately. I think the yeah. Virgin Wines, we had that one which was made for it, which was that winemakers collaboration. Yeah. You can only get that as part of the subscription, but quite often most of them are very generic beers or you know breweries you will have heard of but maybe just new beers or new types yeah but you could get them elsewhere and i think that you know the reason the breweries sign up to these quite often is almost well if they like the beer they'll come to me and buy more of it so it's quite rare that you get some of these kind of really wacky beers that you can only get in one type and i think that's as good a segue as i think we'll ever get into but but maybe before we do we get onto that i mean i think part of the reason why they have kind of done this setup is because yes it is a good money maker for them because let's face it it's essentially about 10 to 12 pounds worth of beer that they're charging 20 quid for yeah but because of these specials are actually genuinely special and they're really enticing make people want to buy it so yeah right, we we have paid the money just solely to get this next beer that's coming up and we weren't bothered about any of the other beers really we no. wanted to try this one so um Moving forward, that's where it's going to be their catch. But to be honest, though, we might save a couple of the ones for the upcoming episodes uh, just to see how we get on with them. But yeah, um, it's an interesting model. We'll see. We'll see what they do. But yeah. they were quite open like, with the yeah. uh, beers last month, but this month they've been a bit quiet. And considering they're going to charge people in what two days' time, yeah, it's interesting to see what they offer is. I don't know. I think it's for me, like say, if they do bring some good beers to the table, it'll be interesting. But we're still quite reserved in the sense of we've we've never really kept a subscription for more than a couple of months ever, I think. Um, The only other thing I will say, and one thing I hate about subscriptions, okay, before we move on to the next one, is the customer service can be awful and trying to cancel the subscriptions can be the worst experience ever. And that for me, would put me off of going to quite a few of the others because yeah. you know beer 52 for example you have to ring up sometimes you can be on hold for like 20 minutes just to get through to a customer service rep and they then try and sell you more beer for the 15 minutes and all you want to do is just cancel it and you want it to be a very quick call over and done with virgin wines i would say actually again you have to ring up but that took me like yeah. a minute rang up said yeah can i cancel that yeah fair enough let us know if you want to come back you know and that was yeah, they, like they were quite good for that. hard sell. <clears throat> and, and that's always put me off ever going back to beer 52. Like I've seen beers before that I'm like, oh, that looks good. And I'm like, yeah, but I just, I can't be bothered to cancel it. I <laughs> see as a former salesman, um, when they tried to do the whole upsell for me, it was like, you've got two choices. You do as I ask and the potential may come back or you don't. And I will never give you another penny of my money. Funny enough, I went quiet and cancelled my uh, subscription. So, yeah. But then again, yeah. I have a particular manner that some people get a little bit scared of. Uh, right. So, <laughs> <laughs> the wild card for this episode is the one that we actually genuinely were looking forward to with the Brewdog subscription. Yeah. So, it's Brewdog in collaboration with Tony's Hopper Lonely, or Tony Chocolate Lonely, but this is Tony's Hopper Lonely, and it's a white chocolate and raspberry milkshake IPA. Now, I haven't actually seen that many people review it on Instagram uh, recently, which is quite surprising. But the one person I did see did gave it a big thumbs up. They were quite okay. looking forward to it. Now, for anybody who doesn't know what Tony's is, it's basically a Dutch chocolate maker. It's, um, it's a much more expensive chocolate than um, the likes of Cadbury or Galaxy or any of those type of things. Uh, but the reason why it's more expensive is there is absolutely zero like kind of slave labor involved. Everyone gets paid a fair wage. It's all about fair treatment. So the chocolate is obviously considerably more than people who don't follow the same ethical thought process. Now, I did think it was a bit of a thing where I was like, yeah, but it's really expensive. The chocolate's not going to be that good. I have tried that chocolate before. Personally, I think it's banging. 
that's it. I, but I it is pricey. <laughs> I like it. I, I only buy if it's on offer, bluntly speaking, because it is so pricey. But it is yeah. good chocolate. And it is oh, one it's of those where you, you taste the quality. And I think it's always one of those where, you know, you can go cheap and get like a cheaper brand, yes. But you will get, you taste the difference in it. Yeah, I, I think you, um, although it is expensive, like, for me, it's worth it. So yeah. I'm quite happy to treat yeah. myself. And it's not a, a weekly thing, but yeah. once in a blue moon, treat yourself to a bar of it and you're not disappointed. Yeah. So. Also, the one thing I will say for anybody who's never had it, it's just the thickness of it as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. Don't drop it on your toe, you will proper, break a bone. It's a proper block of chocolate. It's yeah. not like a really thin bar or anything. It is It is a chunk. Yeah, it's, it's about, really about £2.53, but then it, it is yeah. the thickness of a you know, a small paperback. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And actually, I think when you think about weight of like chocolate you get in a bag sometimes and stuff like that, it's still quite good value. Probably actually on the money, yeah. It's just what yeah. you can get. Yeah, exactly. So, um, right, yeah, so I mean, I'll let you... I've been looking forward to try this. Well, I'm going to let you arrived, go so. first. Like. So uh, let's see what the blurb is on the side. So Brewdog and Tony Chocolate Lonely are united for a better beer and a better world. We're on a mission to help save our planet by inspiring you to act and care for the only home we have. We believe beer and chocolate can be a force for good. Uh, we'll be making a donation for every can sold to the Chocolate Lonely Foundation to support Tony's mission to make all chocolate 100% slave free, which is the kind of topic I spoke about earlier. Now, it is 5.7 on the old Richter scale, so it is quite punchy. So what's your verdict? I was really worried about the milkshake element of it because we've had a few bad milkshake beers. We've also had a very nice one. We have had a very nice one. And I'm going to say straight off the bat that this is very nice. Uh, I think from the smell alone, you can get the raspberry and the fruitiness um, from the aroma. That's... And it is really pleasant. And, and I, I wasn't expecting it to be that fruity, but actually, you know what? It is really nice. You've got the sweetness to it as well. Um, that's a very sweet taste. aroma, isn't it? I haven't tasted yeah. it yet, but the smell, that's so pungent with the raspberry. That's, it's what you would expect from a white chocolate raspberry as well. That's the it smells like a cider. Sugar. And I'm not going to lie, <laughs> yes, it it's like hoppy. One. It's a hoppy cider, but honestly, because it is really fruity, uh, the white chocolate adds that sweetness to it, but it's not overly sweet where it's kind of sickly, which we have had in beers before as well. The milkshake is really well balanced to me in the sense that actually you can definitely taste it in terms of that kind of creaminess to it, but it's not, again, not over the edge. It's not the sourness of it, which quite often when we've had the milkshake IPA, so the thing that ruins it tends to be that kind of sourness to it or kind of gone off milk as we often call it. This isn't thick in that sense. No, it's, um, it's quite it's clear quite in its body appearance. Well. You can tell yeah. it's unfiltered, yeah. but it's, uh, yeah. it is for a clear look to it. Yeah. And that's the um, I think I was expecting it to be a lot kind of uh, murkier in colour and a lot kind of almost full-bodied. But yeah, this is okay, so pleasant. It's quite a light in colour, so it's kind of like a uh, crisp kind of pillarish, like pale ale kind of colour to it. The aroma is very, very fruity. Uh, you can taste the milkshake element to it, uh, which is actually very pleasant. It's along the same lines as the Badco one that we really enjoy. Yeah. Um, you can, the, the raspberry does give it a kind of, uh, bit of a frambois type of element to it. Anybody who's been to a brew dog bar will know what I mean. Um, there is a sweetness with the white chocolate, but for me, I'm not too sure that all goes particularly well. I like okay. the individual elements to it. I can taste those individual elements to it. But I'm not too sure I'm enjoying them in one complete mix. Does that make sense? No, I I, I, I can see why you might not like it. But personally, I, I, I don't get the kind of confusion from it, personally. Um, but you're a very simple man. I am a very simple man. But I, I think from a flavour profile things, the... the it is things that go together well. I think they haven't overcanned the milkshake element. Well, it's, you know, it's not been um, overdone in any way. It is quite a yeah, subtle version. Yeah. Just, my brain is analysing those individual elements all in one. I I, I, I will agree. It's a very complicated beer in that sense. Like, it in is terms extremely of what, complex. And, and every single one of those flavour profiles you can hit. And it's one of those where if you get it the right way and it all blends together, which is what I think I am getting, it's fine. If you f- try and focus on either one of those elements... 
you can pretty much get them the whole way through. Quite often you might have it where you get, you know, raspberry to start with, then you might taste the sweetness from the white chocolate and then it finishes on the hoppiness. Like this is all blended through that every single one of those flavors carries all the way through. And I think if you focus on any one of them, you will get it the whole time. And that maybe adds to that confusion in terms mm. of the kind of the fact they're not necessarily blended together. But um, I don't know. I just find it's got the right balance of fruitiness, the right balance of kind of the hops at the end. It's not too overly hoppy considering that it's a uh, hop, hopaloni. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, I really like the, the hit of raspberry you get towards the end um, and, and the sweetness. Like I say, it's that kind of cider element to it that I quite like. And it is kind mm. of always beer meat cider in that sense. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that's confusing me. I'm not too sure if I actually enjoy that or not. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's uh, definitely interesting. If you haven't tried it, I would definitely recommend grabbing it while you can because it's. Uh, I can't imagine it's one they're going to be doing regularly. No, and I'll be honest. One thing that might put people off, and I'm now thinking this, is I, I had a bad case with uh, a beer at one of my local pubs. Is sometimes you know when you get kind of cleaning fluid left in, and you almost get that very kind Ooh. of fruity taste from the cleaning fluid right no think, that'll just kill you mate if it's uh, cleaning fluid so well i'm not saying you get loads of it but sometimes when the pipes haven't properly been cleaned it does kind of think i could see that element to this if i'm honest in a way because it is so out there that you wouldn't necessarily get used to it it's that kind of confusion from it of like yeah i i don't really understand why i'm tasting kind of raspberry like so fruity and in there um I am kind of curious because we come straight from the Lagunitas, which is that kind of quite strong and bitter as well. Yeah. It oh, yeah, it doesn't. It does not taste by five point seven at all. Mm. So, right then, James, it's uh, that time of the episode, and I believe it is my turn to uh, go through the order now. Okay, I'm not going to lie. There is a very, I'm very confused about which order I'm actually going to go. So this is literally going to be off the cuff as we're going. So yeah. I, I already know we're going to be different. I, I sense it this time. I know we're going to be different. So, so in fourth place is down the rabbit hole. Um, it was an interesting stout, but again, I'm not a massive stout drinker. The vanilla elements to it, I didn't quite enjoy, but that burnt oatmeal taste just kind of overpowers the flavour for me. So it, yeah. it's not something I'll naturally go to and enjoy. Um, in third place, I'm going for. Mm, oh, here we go. Food dog Tony's Hop Lonely. Okay. Uh, it's for me. It's just it doesn't know what it wants to be. So it's a clever concept. It's definitely worth yeah. trying. And some people will absolutely love this, and some people will absolutely despise it. But the only way to try. Find out, it's true. So, um, Lagunitas have gone for more of the uh, in second place just because it has got that general enjoyment. It's a simplistic American style IPA, but it has got a bit of a bite, and we have kind of got that connection to it as well. Um, but yeah, overall, top dog, the big blue star. I mean, Nuki Brand can't go wrong, and I'll go lamping people later. Right, so uh, what's your order then, James? Okay, so straight off the bat, I think my, my fourth place has to be Lagunitas IPA. Ooh. Ooh okay. I know, very bold. You didn't see this coming, did you? No, I did not. One, one thing, and we quite often say this just to kind of almost caveat it, again, all four of these beers I actually like. There isn't a single one of these where I'm like, they're terrible, um, you know, down the rabbit hole, which is my third beer, uh, which is the vanilla oatmeal stout. Actually, I, the thing is, I just like stouts. So although I have had better stouts, I just really enjoyed it in that sense. The vanilla element to it as well, I, I just really, I kind of liked that to it. And I think that kind of saved it. Um, what, what I love about this is uh, like how much you always go back on what you say. What I said previously. previously. And you know what, like, if I'm uh, honest... Actually, but just very briefly, actually, if we go back to... Actually, no, 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 episode 32... Uh, the first beer that we had, and you go, oh, straight off, but one of the best beers I've ever had in your order came third. So, um, exactly. And you know what? Sometimes <laughs> good beers, Chris, so mainstream, part of the zeitgeist. I want to be different and edgy. Anyway, uh, uh, if what? I'm honest, 
if I'm honest, uh, I, so I tried this afterwards. So I, I have quickly tried all of them again, uh, just because I was equally confused like you of which ones I wanted to put where. And I think, especially after the sweetness of Tony Topoloni, I don't know, for me personally, it's just made it a slightly better drink. Um, and like I say, the vanilla elements of it, I, I just like it. So I'm going to put it third. I, I don't What's that, the down the rabbit hole? Was that, sorry? Down the rabbit hole is third. Uh, then it's you were very clear with that, just to clarify. Yeah, Newcastle Brown Ale is going to be my second place. Um, I I actually like Newcastle Brown Ale. I, you know what? Yeah, and having never had it for five years, it is making me feel like actually I should go out and buy more Newcastle Brown Ale because, you know, I think it's almost people get put off because it is such a kind of brand that might be associated with kind of white beta kind of people, to be fair, which sounds terrible. And maybe that alienates some of the audience. Maybe I don't want those kind of people listening. Who cares? Um, but yeah, I mean, for me personally, <laughs> that's a very bold statement. Hey, uh, just to um, clarify, when I'm, I've never beaten my wife, uh, but drinking this, I by have... By the way, sorry, when, when I... Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but when I have when I drink this, I have um, knocked out one of my bosses. Uh, <laughs> and that says it all. But actually, that, that is that is really pleasant. And and honestly, it makes me want to a get the American version that you mentioned previously. I do really want to try that, but I did really like that. But I, the brew dog Tony Topoloni. I think, like I say, it's Marmite. You're either going to love it or hate it. Personally, I think that just works really well. And I think, you know, the Babco one, which, you know, in terms of the other milkshake uh, kind of IPA we had previously, it works like that to me. And I, I personally think it really goes together well. I'm a big fan of white chocolate and like raspberries of flavour profile. I love the fruitiness to it. I think it just, it works. It's not over-egged in any way. And I think, you know, it's quite delicate, but it is, it is complex and I do like it. Um, to the point that I'm really looking forward and again, one of the advantages of BrewDog subscription is having two cans that I have another one of these that I can try at some other point and maybe, you know, get somebody else to try it as well and just see if they like it. Um, that's really good. I'm a big fan of that. And I was right. expecting, to be fair, I was expecting that to be the worst. I'm not going to lie. I really wanted to try it, but I actually didn't think it would work well. I, see, I, was, I thought so, it'd be nice so, and I was disappointed. Yeah. So. so, yeah, but that, that that's really good. Yeah, so again, uh, conflicting views. If you've got taste, follow my order. If you haven't, followed James. Uh, right, so thank <laughs> wow. you for well, is joining that, is us. Is that how you really... That's not true. That's not true. Um, it it is. I mean, I, I'm definitely right here. I feel like if anybody disagrees with either one of us, they should put it in the comments, right? And they should tell us what their opinion... Yeah, well, to be honest, if you try the beers, right? especially so, the Chinese Hop Alone, definitely give us um, your review and what you thought it was like. But yeah, so thank you very much for joining us again. Uh, we'll be we're all back on schedule, and we've got our next lineup all ready for episode thirty-four. So stay tuned, and we'll speak to you soon. <laughs>